0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022 at 1029 a.m. Central Time. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Today's Focus podcast series, if you are new to this podcast series, it's very simple. I try to give you one thing to focus on throughout the day. Uh, this, these podcast episodes tend to be very short, about 15 minutes, which is very different. Uh, it, it is a dramatic departure from my typical approach, which can be an hour, two hours. I can turn on the microphone and go five hours if I wanted to. Uh, so all of, our bri- all of our podcast episodes tend to be very long and i know that there's a million things for people to choose from and there's a million distractions coming at you every single day so i thought why not create a podcast series where i turn on the microphone and i try to get and i try to give people one thing just one thing to focus on throughout the day to think about to talk about to concentrate on to To, uh, you know where I'm going? You know where I'm going? What am I going to say? To meditate on. To meditate on. If you've been with us this week, you know we've been talking about meditation um, for the Bible study, uh, for the Bible study exercise. We have been studying meditation this week. We've looked at two Hebrew words. We've looked at a Greek word in Philippians chapter four. We've talked about the difference between study and meditation. We've talked about the, the need for both. We, we've, we've done so much in all of that. But this morning for today's focus, I want you to focus. We're going to once again turn our attention to a sermon from the 1800s on meditation. The name of the sermon is A Very Profitable Exercise. It was preached by Charles Haddon Spurgeon somewhere in the 1800s, somewhere between 1834 1834, and 1892. I don't have the exact date. His text was Psalm 104, 34, which reads, My meditation of him shall be sweet. We've considered the introduction to the sermon. Then yesterday, for today's focus, I wanted you to focus in on the first point of his sermon, which was that meditation as rest. Everyone talks about needing rest and wanting rest, but what if meditation the meditating on the things of God, really considering them and thinking about them. What if that is really what rest is all about? I thought that was a very interesting approach. And today, for your focus today, we're going to talk about knowledge and meditation by looking at the second point of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's sermon. All right, are you ready? We, we don't have a lot of time on this episode, so we let's jump right in, all right? Here is how Charles Had, if I can say his name correctly, Charles Haddon Spurgeon described it. Here we go. Here's point two of his sermon. Meditation is the machine in which the raw material of knowledge is converted to the best uses. Oh, I absolutely love this. We talked, I talked a lot about how study, study is the gathering of knowledge. It's the gathering of facts. One of the major things, I think that this is just a a a problem. It's a disease throughout much of the evangelical Christian world. So many people think Bible study is about interpretation. When I've tried to explain to you guys over and over and over and over again, the, the, the first most important element of Bible study is observation. You can't interpret what you haven't observed, and the quality of your observation determines the quality of your interpretation, all right. So study is really observing, 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 observing the words, the definition of the words, the con- the textual context, the historical context, all of those different things. It's observation, 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 observation. So study is really the gathering and observing of all of these facts where meditation takes those facts, takes that knowledge, in a sense, pulls it inside of your of yourself You have an internal conversation with it in your heart, and this internal conversation then begins to have an emotional impact. You feel it, you you react to it, whether it's it's a reaction of frustration or anger, or it upsets you, or it bothers you, or it excites you, or it brings you joy. Something happens. So many times we just gather a lot of information, but it, it never gets inside of us. Meditation is the way of taking the knowledge and bringing it inside for an internal conversation. Spurgeon described it this way, and I'll read it again. Meditation is the machine in which raw materials of knowledge is converted into best uses. Meditation is the thing that converts the raw material of knowledge into something. This is how Spurgeon went on to describe it. Let me compare it, and he's comparing meditation, To a wine press. By reading, research, and study, we gather the grapes. So when you're reading, when you're researching, when you're studying, what you must do, we talked about this in previous episodes, you you can't just have meditation without study and you can't have study without meditation. You have to have both. If you don't have both, your Christian life ends up unbalanced in its problem. Study without meditation leads to self-righteousness, arrogance, you're condescending, you basically become a spiritual jerk right? Meditation without knowledge, you may have passion, you may have zeal, you just have no knowledge. And in many cases, you end up in a theological train wreck. So you've got to have both, right? So reading, research, and study, we gather the grapes, but it is by meditation that we press out the juice of those grapes and obtain the wine, do you want grapes, or do you want to be able to drink the wine? How is it that many men who read very much know so very little? The reason is they read book upon book upon book Upon book, upon book, they listen to sermon, after sermon, after sermon. They read systematic theology, after systematic theology. They read one hermeneutics textbook, after another, after another, after another, after another. another. And they stow away all the knowledge with confusion inside their heads until they have laid so much weight on their brain that it cannot work. (laughs) Spurgeon basically describes that you just gather all of this information, and it becomes heavy, and it becomes heavy. And basically, it's just it's just stored right there. And then finally, it's just, it collapses under its own weight. It, it just, you, it, it, your brain stops working. That's the way Spurgeon is trying to describe this. Obviously, he's being, he he's using it in a very allegorical and illustrative way to try to get the point uh, across that all of that study without meditation, it doesn't accomplish anything other than maybe you can win, you know, Bible trivia contest. Maybe you can answer all the questions, but it, it, it's got to be more than that. He goes on to say Instead of putting facts into the press of meditation and fermenting them until they can draw out right inferences, they leave them to rot and perish. They extract none of the sweet juice of wisdom from the precious fruits of the vine. When I have read a book for about half an hour, I like to walk a while and think it over. I shut up the volume and say, now, Mr. Author, you have made your speech. Let me think over what you have said. A little meditation will enable me to distinguish between what I knew before and the fresh subject you have communicated to me between your facts and your opinions, between your arguments and those I should make from the same premises. Animals, after they have eaten, lie down and ruminate. They first crop the grass and afterwards digest it. So meditation is the rumination of the soul. Thereby, we get that nourishment that feeds and supports the mind. This is why church, in many cases, is absolutely 1,000% useless, meaningless. Now I am not, obviously I'm not against the local church. Obviously I am not right. I mean, I'm a pastor of a church. Obviously I'm not. But here's what happens millions of people get in their car, they drive to church, they, they they walk through the door and they go through. Even if it's not a liturgical church, there's a liturgy there. There's an order of what you're to do. Even if it's just first you walk in, you go over and you grab a cup of coffee and a donut and you talk about the weather and you talk about your favorite sports teams and the ladies are talking about their babies or whatever people are doing. There's kind of you know, roaming around talking. Then okay, then we get together, we sing a lot of songs, maybe you raise your hand, maybe you don't raise your hand, maybe it's a praise song, maybe it's a hymn, you go through the motions, right? Finally, someone stands up, using that preacher kind of voice, opens up the word of God, and they preach, and you say amen when you're supposed to say amen, you bow your head when you're supposed to bow your head, you may raise your hand if you're asked to raise your hand, you may turn to your neighbor and say whatever they tell you to say, you go through all the motions. You may even write down in your notebook the three points of the sermon if there's three points. You may you may laugh at the illustrations. You may cry at the sad story. You go through an entire range of emotions and actions and movements. And then you get in your car and you drive home. And guess what happens? Do you think there's any lying down to ruminate? Do you think there's any in a sense, closing the church service and then thinking about it, meditating on it, considering it, having an internal conversation about it. Sometimes the only conversation about the sermon is people sitting there griping, complaining, and criticizing. They do more of that than actually ruminating, thinking, about it. in a sense, taking the grapes and pressing them down so they have a full glass of, of wine, of the wisdom, of the of the truth that was taught, and drink it down. They don't they don't want to drink it. They just wrote it in their notebooks. They don't want they don't want the grapes. Speaking of drinking, I'm gonna take a drink of water. And that's what happens. So the sermon is forgotten. We, 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 we you know everyone they put on the big show and dance. Everyone went through the motions, but nothing, nothing is nothing enters inside of us. If all we do when we read or study is gather information, if all we do when we go to church is go through the motions and gather a couple of points, it's got to get inside of us. And that doesn't happen just by doing nothing. You have to purposely, as Spurgeon said after he read a book, okay, I'm going to go back to what he said. Uh, He goes, when I have read a book for about half an hour, I like to walk, walk a while and think it over. I shut the volume and say, please note, and I say, see, it's an internal dialogue that I, the word meditate really, it, it, it deals with speaking and it deals with emotion. So now you're going to talk about it and you're going to feel something, but he says, so I, I shut the volume and I say, now, Mr. Author, you have made your speech. Let me think over what you have said. A little meditation will enable me to distinguish between what I knew before and the fresh subject you have communicated to me. Between your facts and your opinions, between your arguments and those I I should make from the same premises. And then he talks about animals. After they've eaten, they lie down to ruminate. To ruminate. To think deeply about something. That's what we should do. Spurgeon continues with this point. We're going to run out of time. When thou hast gathered flowers in the field or garden, arrange them in proper order and bind them together with the string of memory. But take heed that thou dost put them in the water of meditation, else they will soon fade and be fit only for the dunghill. In other words, you can gather the flowers, you can arrange them, you can tie a string around them. But unless you put them in the water of meditation, they're just going to fade and you're going to throw them in the dunghill. You're going to throw them in the trash. And that's what I think happens to so many sermons and so many Bible studies because we, we never get to the point of meditation. When thou hast gathered pearls from the sea, recollect that thou will have gathered with them many worthless shells and much mud. Therefore, sort them in thy memory and only keep those that are worth preserving. Thou must also open the oyster to extract the pearl and polish it to make it appear more beautiful. Thou mayest not string it in the necklace of the mind until it has been rubbed and garnished by meditation. Thus, You see that we need meditation to make use of what we have discovered as it is the rest of the soul. So it is the same time, the means of making the best use of what the soul has acquired. That's the second point in Spurgeon's sermon, a very profitable exercise. I want you to really think today. I want you to focus on how meditation makes the best use of all of that knowledge. As Christians in 2022, we have access to literally everything. And we bring in lots of words and lots of information and lots of sermons. But we've got to take it and pull it in and have an internal conversation with it. We have to ruminate on it. So in a sense, we take that knowledge, that's the grapes, and then we press them till we get the wine. And then we need to drink that wine deeply in so that we feel it, we react to it, we have some kind of an emotion with it. Or if not, all of that knowledge becomes useless. And if it does do anything, it just makes us arrogant, prideful, self-righteous, and condescending spiritual jerks. We don't need more of those. That is your focus for today on this Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022.